Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, January 7th, 2022. Oof. I am Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Stees. I'm glad we finally made it to Friday because this first week back uh, yeah. was a lot. <laughs> well, and Thursday, the day we are obviously recording, yeah. a lot going on there. Don't it's need to deal with this. Yeah, don't need to deal with that. I mentioned it the other day uh, with Grace yesterday. Um... I just am avoiding all of it. I yep. just all of it. Likewise. Skipping podcasts, skipping the news. I usually turn like the the news on in the morning when I'm getting ready. Nope, just skip it. Nope. Flash briefing on Alexa. Skip the news stuff. Skip the I've podcasts. Seen, I've seen just exactly one thing today, which was theater adjacent, and I just was like, "That's enough. That's yep. all. That's mm-hmm. th- that's more than enough." Honestly. Yep. Well, that that is not in the rundown for the oh, show, God, by the way. Um, but one thing that I do want to throw out there in the world, if there was an opportunity for Broadway radio to do some sort of um, thing in July, pandemic, you know, permitting, um, friends in and around New York City might want to start, you know, thinking about seeing some Broadway radio stuff in July. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. No details yet, but, um, you know, in, you know, a few months, six, seven months, might be able to see some faces in person. But Maybe. some of faces. Course, <laughs> some faces, of course. The people who will find out about all of those details first are the, our friends over on Patreon. If you want to be a part of our Patreon community, head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio. So the one bit of theater news that I think everybody universally loves, Ashley, is the mm-hmm. fact that kind of shockingly, when Saturday Night Live announced its first host for the 2022 calendar year for its show that will happen beginning at like 1135 on Saturday, January 15th, it is not only big screen you know, darling, but musical theater favorite Ariana DeBose, which seems a little crazy to me. She will be joined by musical guest, something called Roddy Rich, who I don't know who that is. Um, But coming off of the heels of of, uh, West Side Story, uh, Ariana DeBose will be making her first appearance on Saturday Night Live. Um, They are expected to have a full studio audience on January 15th, but who knows what will actually happen. But, you know, generally, Saturday Night Live is reserves its hosting duties for big time stars. And we obviously consider Ariana DeBose. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not 100% sure she translates for a wider audience, but... She's definitely a star on the rise, and I'm very much ready to stay up and watch that live because Saturday Night Live is not something that is normally in my media consumption diet, but it will be for Ari. I'm just extremely excited for her. We've talked a lot about her in the past X number of months between Schmigadoon and West Side Story and then even before that, The Prom. Yeah, exactly. And it's just real. I mean, she's such a star. I adore her. I'm so happy to see like this level of success that she's having. And as you mentioned, it's very rare, at least for Broadway people (laughs) to be on SNL. I, I mean, they certainly do. They're few and far between. I mean, 
Bernadette sure. Peters has been a host before. Lynn, uh, Lynn's, Lynn's been, been a host. host, of course. Lynn's at an entirely different level, to be fair, though, at this point. Yeah. Uh, but Ari has done multiple um, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda adjacent properties. Of she obviously course, was the yeah. Bullet in Hamilton. She was also in in Bring It On the musical, which Lynn mm-hmm. co-wrote. So she gets some of that Lynn shine. Oh yeah, definitely. I I just meant that Lynn no, as I far know, as I like know. this big old cultural zeitgeist thing happening. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's great. I will definitely tune in to watch her, even though I'm in the same boat. I don't usually watch SNL. I will usually get the clips after like anything Bo and Yang does, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, our good friend uh, Jennifer McHugh, as we've mentioned before, mm-hmm. is longtime family friends with Ariana DeBose. Ariana DeBose's mm-hmm. mother is best friends with Jennifer McHugh's mother. Um, so she was very excited, mainly because this means that her um, senior citizen silent generation mother and aunt will have to watch Saturday Night Live <laughs> and she is already dreading the text messages about them oh, yeah, saying how unfunny Saturday Night Live is oh, um, Lord. but Jen is a religious watcher of SNL so uh, she will always be watching but especially with Ari uh, uh, being the host on January 15th all right, let's move on and we'll get into some more traditional theater news, although it is not New York centric. New York, of course, the greatest city in the world. Instead, we are moving to the second city where we have three tidbits of Chicago related theater news that I think folks will be interested in. First, it was announced that the Winnie the Pooh musical that is currently playing off Broadway at Theater Row will be closing on January 30th before it moves to the Mercury Theater in Chicago beginning on March 15th. Now, I know. Nice. I am not the obsessive um, Pooh and Pooh the Musical fan <laughs> that our own Grace Aki is. But I was going to say, she missed the Chicago boat as, as considering <sighs> she's currently there. I guess she's going to stay another couple of months. Yeah, I don't know. She's apparently coming down here to Orlando in February, so maybe she'll just go yeah. straight back to Chicago for this. Who knows? Um, but I saw it. I thought it was truly delightful. It's a fun little show, and I hope that Windy City Theater fans take advantage uh, of this family-friendly musical under an sure, hour. I love it. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I especially hope they take advantage of it because uh, two highly anticipated musicals that Chicago theater fans had been promised have been rescheduled. First up, Chicago Shakespeare announced that the world premiere of the musical adaptation of the Nicholas Sparks book and subsequent film, The Notebook, has been moved from the originally released and announced mid-March of 2022 to September 6th through October 16th, and that the show will now be presented at the Yard Theater on Navy Pier, which is where Six performed before it moved to Broadway. Ah, yeah. The Notebook features a book by Becca Brunstetter and a score by Ingrid Michaelson, who, of course, is a pop star and God, Broadway person in her own that. right. Absolutely yeah. forgot she was writing this. Yep, absolutely. Um, it had previously had a star-studded workshop or two before the pandemic, but no word on who will be involved in the Chicago production. Similarly, the Goodman Theater in Chicago announced that their world premiere of a musical based on the Essie Hinton novel and... Of course, the star-studded Francis Ford Coppola movie adaptation Mm -hmm. of The Outsiders has been postponed as well. The show is set to feature a book by Adam Rapp and music by the band Jamestown Revival. While there are no new dates assigned to the show, it is expected to be a part of the 2022-23 season for The Goodman. The musical Life Mm -hmm. After, which ran at the Old Globe in San Diego, will take The Outsiders' spot in The Goodman calendar. Of course... 
unsurprisingly by their source material and their creative teams, both The Notebook and The Outsiders have very clear Broadway intentions. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Um, Ashley, you are a, a book reader uh, as mm. as well as a theater person. Do either of these interest you in musical properties? And if so, does one more than the other one? Um, I'm not a huge fan of The Notebook in general. It's just not my area as far as things romance that I'm interested stuff, yeah. in. Well, I like a good romance, but also it, it's it it's a little too cheesy and on the nose for me in general. Okay. I'm interested in seeing it because of the in- Ingrid Michaelson score, mm-hmm. which we've talked about before and like I mm-hmm. uh, you know I completely forgot about it. Um but I I haven't read The Outsiders in a while, but I remember really loving it. I would be interested to see what they're going to do yeah, with it. Yeah, that's a weird one. It's a very weird one, and I can't really picture it as... I could picture it as a play. I don't think... I can't currently picture yeah. it as a musical. So it's more like morbid curiosity that I think I'm interested in seeing that over the other. I can see how The Notebook can be musicalized very easily, totally. but I can't see the outsiders yet so it's it's more i want to see what they're doing with it more than anything well i mean the fact that adam rap is writing it makes me like Always oh great yeah yeah i mean uh, obviously an acclaimed uh playwright uh, anthony rap's brother uh, as well but i mean he does i mean incredible work i mean most recently on broadway with the sound inside yeah, um it. yeah so many great things that he's written forever he's a finalist for the, for the pulitzer Dexter prize revival too <laughs> yeah i mean and he's a novelist of it in his yeah. own right um so uh yeah i just think it's a weird it's a weird one to musicalize but if you're mm-hmm. gonna have somebody do it who can kind of mine in to the 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 inherent character drama of that show or of that book in that film it would be adam rap so i'm i'm interested but like you it's it's out of curiosity more than anything else and it's also just like i mean that's i don't know jamestown revival it seems like they're a folk band i don't necessarily put the two of those together so again it's it's more of a curiosity standpoint yeah, I don't know Jamestown Revival either, but just looking at the Wikipedia page, it says they are a combination of Southern country, Americana, and Western rock music. Of course, The Outsiders is set in the 1950s yeah. about greasers. So, whatever. I'm interested. I mean, they, yeah. apparently they do a lot with harmonies, which I think is great for musical theater. I so, that, yeah. I, yeah, I will. I am uh, uh, keeping an open mind about this, and I'm going to go ahead and add... Um, uh, Jamestown Revival to my Spotify list and see if I yeah. can get into them in the meantime. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Ashley, let's move into some news about theater artists and organizations who have recently been giving back in big ways. First, it was announced that the Fred Ebb Foundation, which has always done incredible work, uh, they have awarded, get this, a record-breaking $2.6 million to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, the largest gift in BCEFA's history. Broadway Cares mm. wasted little time. Um, this was one of those year-end gifts. So just in this past week, they put that money to use by giving $1.5 bucks 
directly to the oh, actors. Fantastic. Fund. Yeah. Great for them. Um, of course, Broadway cares, um, helps so many organizations, not only directly, but through things like giving money to the actress fund, which has such a great reputation and history of, of helping people directly in need when they need it. Mm. We also learned this week, um, that the new grant program, one in 52 project. I'm not sure if that's how we're supposed to pronounce it because it's like one mm. slash 52, like a fraction and I'm horrible at fractions. So I don't know if that's what it's being called. One in 52 project, whatever. Uh, anyway, iconic designer Beowulf Borat founded the fund, which will offer $15,000 grants to designers quote, with a mission to encourage early career designers from historically excluded groups and to diversify the Broadway design community. In a statement, Borat said, quote, Quote, the past few years have made clear to me, which should probably have already been obvious, that part of my good luck, meaning like the success he's had in his career, obviously one of the leading designers on Broadway and in theater, um, was being born a white boy. That simple fact mm. opened doors uh, doors for me. I hope this project can do a little to help support the careers of a more diverse group of designers. Awesome. I love this. Beowulf is obviously, yeah, like I go. said, a Tony winner, one of the most in-demand uh, people in the industry, and giving back in some way or another is is a wonderful thing. It's nice to see. It's always nice to see amounts of, you know, any kind. Um, but especially, like, as you mentioned, with Broadway Cares and this as well, which I looked it up while you're talking. It's called the 152 Project. Um, 152. Okay, yeah. Thank you. I, it's, it, it's, yeah, like I said, it's great to say. It makes me very happy, especially in a time right now where it's, there's so much uncertainty happening of just in general, the future of theater. Um, not as a very broad thing but parochially the future of theater and everything that's going on with covid any good news is much appreciated yeah absolutely so we'll keep that going um we have some more good news and you're gonna have to probably help me with some of okay. this because <laughs> i don't know all of these people sure. so you're gonna have to let me know um it was announced uh on thursday the winners for the broadway world cabaret awards um obviously the biggest uh, awards in cabaret no that's not true but um, mm. these are <laughs> well them and the mac awards it's the um, mac awards it's the most important yeah. yes the mac awards but also the broadway World Awards obviously have a little bit more of a theatrical tinge where the Macs don't always. Um, but let's go through some of these. I won't go through all of them, um, but I will go through the ones that especially have theater connections. Um, the winner for the best debut show, One Night Only or Run of Shows, goes to Christy Altamar um, for her work at Feinstein's 54 Below. Best director went to Mark Tuminelli, um, and the reason I wanted to mention him is because he was uh, awarded for his work on shows by Farrah Alvin, Erica Henningsen, and Andrew Barth Feldman, all musical theater folks. Best drag artist or impersonator went to Alexis Michelle um, for her show Pride at Fi Alexis Michelle Pride at 54, 54 Below. Um, let's kind of keep scrolling through. The best group show um, went to the Skivvies for their collection of shows um, Little Shop of Rocky Horrors, live and literally in person, and rooftop sessions that happen across a number of, of places. Um, let's keep scrolling scrolling through here see if anything else best recording commercial went to the late great rebecca luca luker and sally wilfer mm -hmm. for their album all the uh, all the girls from ps classics best recording independent went to travis moser and drew woodkey um for so many people the science
Con Time Sessions. Best show went to Andrew Barth Feldman, Park Map at 54 Below. Mm -hmm. Yep. Best show Celebrity. And I don't know how they defined that. Um, but that was Andre DeShields back by popular demand at 54 Below. Best special event Multiple which I'm guessing multiple people, was the cast of Broadway's yep. Company, the cast of Company in Darkness Rising at Birdland. Um, <laughs> we'll have the complete list of winners uh, in there, and there are other things that are not as theater-related. But, um, Ashley, you obviously used to be the Broadway World Cabaret editor-in-chief. Um, any thoughts on these and any of the other awards that were announced uh, on Thursday? Um, I mean, I know and or am friends with many of these people, so of course I'm happy to see any of them win uh, uh the only thing i have to say is i'm just glad i'm not doing it anymore yeah it's uh, a lot as somebody who lot. has it's a lot. As, as somebody who has run broadway world awards both regionally and helped with the national ones it is a gigantic undertaking it's, so congratulations to yeah. everybody who helps put these on it's an exhausting thing i mean there's so many i the great thing about doing it but also the i guess the double-edged sword of it is that there are so many cabarets that oh, happen in new york it's very difficult to narrow down uh, and a lot of it relies on, or most of it relies on like audience nominations as a result. Exactly. So you just have so much coming in and so much to go through all year of what's the best. And I, I would say it, it's hard to quantify like what percentage of cabaret is good versus not. <laughs> um, I feel like that's probably easier to do with theater, honest, honestly, than cabaret. But I, I have an endless appreciation for anyone who puts on a cabaret. I think it is deceptively difficult to do. And, uh, you know, it's cliche to say, but I think everyone is a winner here. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to our feel good recommendation. It's not exactly feel good because it's a tragedy, but I am very much excited about it. They oh released God, yes. a new trailer for the upcoming film version of the tragedy of Macbeth starring the stage and screen icons, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Um, it is. Uh, directed, um, and I believe adapted Variety as well cover by star Fran Denzel Washington too. What's it? Say that again. Variety cover star Denzel Washington. I know. Washington How would too? Denzel Washington just getting Bizarre. his first cover of Variety? Like, the, I, I was having this conversation with somebody after that clip kind of went viral of Denzel and Stephen uh, Colbert spouting oh, off yeah. Shakespearean quotes. I was like, Denzel is like Denzel and Viola and obviously they've worked together so much like yeah, they're literally God. the best like I've said it before like I, Viola Davis to me is the best actor in the world sorry Correct. Meryl but Denzel's up there too I've talked about seeing Denzel in the Iceman Cometh on Broadway and just being in a show that is like so dated and so long had multiple yeah, intermissions yeah, yeah. like oh, yeah. I was just mesmerized by his performance and like the same thing here Francis McDormand is like otherworldly mm, absolutely um, the, the I, film, the film, let me real quick, let me get this stuff out mm -hmm. before we wax poetic about them. It's in theater, select theaters <laughs> now. It'll be available on Apple TV plus on January 14th. I am literally dying. I, I have a, can't wait yeah, for it. I need oh. to check my, my press screener access to see if it's in there already because it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm so anyway, go ahead. For, I'm emailing yeah. for one. Absolutely. But what I was going to say is that I actually had this conversation last night on Wednesday about, we were talking about Meryl, but I mean, that absolutely goes for Viola and Denzel 
Washington and Francis McDormand. Like, we were, the conversation I was having was in regard to like, Broadway shows and kind of casting, you know, doing the celebrity cast of like Bradley Cooper, Jake Gyllenhaal, whoever. And it's becomes very, oh, and Hugh Jackman, obviously, that's kind of how it mm-hmm. came up. But like, it, it becomes very difficult to have stars of that caliber and be able to focus on the show, at least for me, mm. of like, di- like, being able to focus on the show and not thinking, oh, that's Hugh Jackman on stage. Like, I'm no, really? I'm, not, I'm not, yeah, I'm, it, it's, it's hard for me to have those actors disappear in the role. The exceptions to that are people like Meryl Streep and Viola Davis and Denzel. I have <laughs> never had a problem with them disappearing into any role, no matter how big or small the property. I also feel like, You've never seen Jake Gyllenhaal disappear into a role because you don't want to see Jake Gyllenhaal disappear in a role. Wow. You are, you just want to see Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> it's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, he did great with Sunday. Let's be realistic. Yeah, well, but it's no, still all of Jake those people Gyllenhaal are on stage. Well, do you find that with like big time theater stars as well, or is it just people who you know more from? Other more forms from, of entertainment. More from stage because I mean, or maybe more from other forms of entertainment because I, in the case of a lot of those people, and I talked about like Bruce Willis and Misery last night and how terrible he Ugh. was, but just like he started off Broadway. So he started his career on stage yeah. and then obviously became such a huge screen star that we forgot about that along the way. So it's not so really did like he, the, apparently. Yeah, apparently so. Um, and then like you have Laurie Metcalf opposite him who is obviously incredible and disappears into everything that she does so it's less of like the the ability to do it that obviously stage people are so used to doing it day in and day out and eight times a week it's that level of recognition that i think for me it happens more often with people on screen rather than on stage it's like i associate them with a a yeah. role rather than multiple roles. Yeah. I, I, I obviously the big time A list movie stars who keep coming back to the stage are generally the people who are really good at it and like yeah. oh, are yeah. incredible. So Denzel and Francis and, and Viola and, and even uh, Laurie Metcalf, who is not necessarily in their stratosphere, but is pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, they're incredible actors. And like, that's what makes them coming back to the stage. Something that I always cheer for, even though, and even Hugh, like Hugh is a huge star, but he is a theater person. Like that's where sure. he started. I, I, I've told this story multiple times, um, to like family around the holidays, like the story that he tells about playing Curly in London, having a having to have his hair permed because that's yeah. where <laughs> Curly comes from, yeah. and then having to go to an audition for Wolverine with his hair permed. Like he went from <laughs> he from kept it. I know. Well, I mean, and it's just so funny because like he was a, a theater star at least in that realm. Before mm-hmm. he became a movie star and, and I'm fine with that. And I have my, I don't always love everything Hugh Jackman, but I love his love for theater. And the same sure. thing goes for Denzel and Viola and Francis and, and all of those other folks as well. Yeah. Fair enough. 
All right, so that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Sign up there. We will have some information there in the coming months about how you can see some of our bright, smiling faces. Uh, maybe sometime this summer, you know, pandemic, Omicron, Delta. I don't know what else Zed Zed (laughs) Upsilon Epsilon Sigma um, doesn't get in our way but anyway thanks for listening to us uh, for this whole week your first week back at work and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday 